Aloha, North Kohala. This is Holly Allgood with Tutu's Talk Story. I'm here today with Eunice Kawamoto. I'm so excited to have her here. She is really the queen of flowers. And uh, of course, you're listening to KNKRLP 96.1 FM Kohala. Eunice, welcome to Tutu's Talk Story. Thank you. So I'm very curious to hear about your background. How long have you been in North Kohala? I was born in North Kohala. Mm-hmm. Where were you born? Um, at home in Kahe. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And uh, can I ask your age? I am 85. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today. I know you're quite the worker. Ever since I've known you, you're always doing a million things. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about your family. I was born um, with a family of 11 children. Oh, my gosh. My father came from Japan, and my mother was born in Hilo. My father spoke pidgin to us, and so we never learned Japanese language because my mom spoke English. And so we had eight girls and three boys. What was that like growing up in such a large family? Well, we were very poor. (laughs) My father was a fisherman. And he went out through Mahokona. And during the winter months, it was very hard for him to go out because it was so rough that, you know, he didn't make much money. Uh, and like Mahi Mahi was like 25 cents. Oh, my And Ona was 20 cents. And, you know, uh, so we lived a pretty hard life uh, with all our children. So, but we made it. So growing up, then, did you grow a lot of your own food? Um, we ate a lot of fish because my father was a fisherman. We did re- raise some vegetables, and we had some avocado tree and other fruits. So what was the area like back then? In Kohala? Yes. Um, I don't know what the population was, but we knew everybody. There was hardly any newcomers, and... There were a lot of s- stores along Javi, and there was a pool hall, a barber shop, a bakery, and we had three movie theaters in Kohala. Three movie theaters? One in Javi, one in Halaula, and one in Kahe. It's, it's too bad mm-hmm. they're not open now. No. <laughs> <laughs> so were the schools, the, the public schools open then? Yeah, the public schools was open, and um, we had to walk. Sometimes our neighbor would give us a ride, but normally we would walk to the school. And were the schools in the same place they are now? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh And how were the schools like back then? Um, I guess pretty much... I don't. I would say it's the same like today, but you know, we learn the basics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after school, uh, how long after did you meet Masa? I think I was working at the hospital. Uh huh. Was, uh, yeah. so was, was that was that your first job? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family was poor, so we didn't have much money to send me to school. So I went. Uh, cheapest way out so I went to practical nurse school in Honolulu which was only 10 months I worked for room and board for a couple and then I came back to Koala and started working as an LPN 
made only 170 months, <laughs> which I gave all my salary to my family. Yeah. And I worked there for uh, 40 somewhat years. At the hospital? Yes. 40 uh -huh. something years. I started with an LPN, then they had a hardship getting lab technicians in Kohala. So the doctors asked me if I would go for some training in Hilo. So I went to Hilo and got some training, so I became a lab tech. I later took an exam, so I, I got certified as a medical lab technician. And I worked there for a good number of years, and then clinical lab asked me to work for them after I retired, so I worked for them a little while. But in the meantime, before I retired, um, the x-ray technician retired. And they said, I got to go training for x-rays. So I got grandfathered into an x-ray technician license. So I did x-ray for a little while. And after I retired, I went to work for University of Hawaii uh, doing um, studies on diabetes and stuff for Native Hawaiians mostly. Mm -hmm. I worked for them for almost 10 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. And how did you meet your husband? I guess he just called me one day. <laughs> <laughs> he just called you one day? Yeah. yeah. He was like 13 years older than I was, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. So how old were you when you got married? I think I was about 24 almost. Wow. Yeah. Uh -huh. So you knew him. But well, I didn't know him before, no. Oh. Uh -huh. So he called you and it worked out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when was it that you started the meat market? Um, I think it was about in the 70s, late 70s or so. It was hard work. We didn't charge enough to make a real go some months we made it a lot of months we didn't our electric bill would run about a thousand dollars oh my gosh a month yeah mm -hmm. and so muscle would get up about four o'clock in the morning and start working mm -hmm. uh, and then i'd go down and help and it was a lot of work <laughs> yeah lot of work. Uh -huh. yeah so h how did you get into that or how did he get into that well we sent my grand, my son to uh, mid-cutting school in, I guess it was Nebraska or something. And Masa always wanted to do something like that. Because so. he was a Paniolo. Yeah, he was. After he retired, he started doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. So it started with your son getting a, a, a meat-cutting yeah, class? Uh, yeah, he went to a meat-cutting class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he came back and you started this? Yeah, he, he started it, but then he moved to Kona, so you know, he'd come back and help us on weekends. And mm -hmm. Yeah, it mm -hmm. was a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work. You want to tell us any of the, the gory details? <laughs> well, you have to cut all the meat, and we have to wrap it, clean it, and wrap it, and freeze it, and... We have to grind all the hamburger, and put it to the machine, and wrap it up, and... And we uh, we catered mostly to home use people, and then we cut for them and wrap it, and then they just pick it up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how long did you actually do that for? 
I guess about 20 years or so. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Yeah. So you really have worked hard yeah. a lot of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that just closed fairly recently, didn't it? Yeah, but now um, the Keras people are using the freezer for storing the food to be distributed to the people. Oh, mm-hmm. that's great. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. So when did you get into flowers? Oh, actually, my brother started me really he gave me six potato plants and I planted it and it did pretty good up there so I started to expand uh-huh. is your brother local or he's local yeah, yeah. so but somebody uh-huh. locally mm-hmm. yeah so but potatoes very ticklish I mean they can be nice and healthy and if they want to die they just die <laughs> hold on it sounds like we have a caller all right we have to put on our headphones all right, we're ready for your question. Hold on. We're ready for your question. I hear you. I am wondering, I knew I knew that name, Masa, and I think that he was born in the cowboy house at Puatea Ranch. Is that true? I'm sorry, I didn't get you. Was Masa born in the cowboy house at Puatea Ranch? Yes, he did. I thought so. You know, our very own DJ uh, Surfing Cowboy lives at Fuerte Ranch, and I've met Masa out there. Uh-huh. Well, we were having a celebration of life for him on July 10th next year. That's his birthday. And Christy offered us to use Puerto Ranch, and also you'll be by the Cowboy House, and you'll be open to the public, uh, not the public, but the uh, people we invite to go and see the house. That's great. She talks about you, too. It's so so great if you hear about it, just come on over. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I thought so. That's great history. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot for taking my call. All right. Thanks so much um, for the call. Aloha. Aloha. So Masa was born in the Paniolo house? Yeah, the Cowboy house at Pokea. And Chrissy... Uh-huh. Um, offered me this time to use it but because of the pandemic we just have a real small uh, service for him yes. at the veteran cemetery mm-hmm. so we decided since we didn't do anything for him on his birthday next year he always wanted to live to 100 mm-hmm. but he made it to 98 but next year he'll be 99 but in the Japanese style um, they count the time of conception so he's really Hundred years old. Oh well, that's good. <laughs> so um, we'll be celebrating. We have a celebration of life for him since we didn't do anything. Yes. This time, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. So, and didn't wasn't he celebrated by the Smithsonian or in Washington? Um, he um, donated um, some of his um, saddles and ropes and stuff to Smithsonian. Uh, mm-hmm. They did have a agriculture day, but they haven't really put it out yet. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's quite something. So he was, he was a real Hawaiian cowboy. Yeah, he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he didn't have much education. You know, he only went to tenth grade, but um, he did. To me, he did accomplish a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like the two of you accomplished a lot. <laughs> Every time I turn around, you're doing something. So I know you're. You were telling us about your flowers. So your brother got you started with the protea. Right. And did you, what about growing up? Were you interested in flowers then? Or? Oh, no. No? No. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I know coming from New York that uh, when I was a kid, proteas were $5 a piece if you went to a florist, uh. which is many, you know, we're talking a long, long time ago. So, so it's, uh, you know, they, they, I think they're just beloved around the world. And of course, you can't grow them in New York. Mm -hmm. So how have you found them to grow out here? Pardon? How, how, how has it been to grow them out here? Uh, in Kohala? Yeah. Um, at first, I didn't know how we would do. I didn't know if our elevation was high enough, but it seems to be okay. Um, the I have kings, but they bloom, but not. You don't have as many blooms as in a colder place. I think. Yeah. And can you explain to the people listening what a king is? Pardon? What the king flower looks like? Oh, it's a great big. But they're the big ones. The yeah. great big yeah. ones that look like feathers. Um, no, they're it? not. They're more the queens, I think, the feather-like one. Okay. This one is bigger, yeah. Uh-huh. I have some, uh, maybe about four or five buds going now, but mm -hmm. the pink cushions uh, bloom profusely. Almost every branch has a bud. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how many do you have now? I haven't really counted, but must be about 40, maybe. Oh, my goodness. That's uh -huh. wonderful. And then it's been kind of a year-round thing um, uh -huh. w with my... Um, you know, I couldn't pick flowers, so I, I usually bunch it up and take it down to the marketplace. Yes. But now Elma, um, I just have my grandson pick the flowers, and she picks them up Wednesday and goes to Waimea and sell it there. Oh, nice. And then yeah. we only have very few because the proteas are not there. In a few, a month or so, there'll be a lot. But right a now, lot. just a little bit, yeah. So they do better in the winter? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you grow a lot of flowers beyond the proteas. I like, uh, I like common flowers, not fancy flowers. Common flowers, they bloom a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like what else are you growing? Well, on by my driveway and uh, alongside my both side of my house, I have um, sandpaper vine, the purple mm. flower. They're mm. all in bloom now. And mm -hmm. And I like those because mm -hmm. they bloom a lot. Mm -hmm. I have, I just like common everyday flowers that yeah. bloom. Well, I know I see in your bouquets Bird of Paradise mm -hmm. and Allium. Yeah, I have Bird of Paradise yes. and I have, I've planted now Anturiums, the bigger type. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I have bought a lot of greens, you know, to go with the potatoes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What kind of greens do you like to grow? Well, they have these leucodendrons or something that the, the protea family, you know, it's only mm -hmm. greens, yeah. You're right, so still yeah. the protea family, but yeah. Yeah, and then not just the protea, the uh, other plants, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. too. That protocardus, that's really yes. good. Yes, They last a long, long time, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love your bouquets. Uh -huh. Yeah. So it's you were just a lot of work. I know. I, you you were just saying that you broke your shoulder recently, yeah. so that's why you're having problems picking. Right. Yeah. yeah. So my ah. grandson has to help me. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm beginning to pick, but mm -hmm. it's a little bit hard. I have to use my help, my left hand to help my right hand to pick it. But you know. Yes, of course. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. but yeah. So. I know you're very j famous for a lot of your cooking, too, because yeah. besides cutting up the meat, you, you uh, in fact, I was t talking to somebody. I said, oh, I'm so excited. Eunice Kaomoto is coming on and going to talk about her flowers. And she looked at me and said, 
I know Eunice for her chicken hecka. So <laughs> that's right. I kind of played around it for years until I kind of mastered it. So. Yeah. Mm. Well, you have some unusual ingredients in there, don't right, you? Right. I made up my own ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's I know it's it's pretty world renowned. So yeah, it goes all over the mainland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. Uh-huh. Yeah. So is that? Uh, are you willing to share some of the things you put in it that maybe no one else does? Well, I put um, fungus in. I don't think a lot of people put fungus. Yeah. And the rest is kind of basic bamboo shoot, chicken, mm-hmm. onions, mm-hmm. carrots. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we're all hearing how variations of mushrooms and fungus are so well, I tremendously... I do put mushrooms also, yeah. Yeah, that they're so healthy. Yeah. So... Uh, I think the more unusual one is uh, fungus, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people... Uh, and is that a certain kind of... Um, they're just called fungus, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And they grow in the forest if you go get them, and it's wet, yeah. Uh-huh. But it's mm-hmm. easier to buy it. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's very exciting. What's your favorite thing to make? To make? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my grandson likes stews, my stews. Stews, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's phone is on. Oh, mine. Oh, oh we can just let it go. Uh-huh. Okay, it'll just. I can take a break if you want. Yes, why don't we take a break? Aloha, North Kohala. Kohala Cares has moved its weekly food drive from Sushi Rock to the Hub parking lot. Those in need can drive to the parking lot and pick up a bag of groceries. Pickup begins at 4:30 every Wednesday. Please wear a mask. Donations, especially produce, will be accepted Tuesday from 1.30 to 4 and Wednesday from 3 to 4.30. We want to thank all our donors and volunteers for making all this happen. Remember, we're all in this together. Mahalo. Mama, sister, do you hear me? You are the giver of life. This is Isla Allgood of Women's Voices. Tune in on Monday and Wednesday from 4 till 6 p.m. to listen to women from around the world, around Hawaii, songs with positive and empowering messages on KNKRLP 96.1 FM. Monday and Wednesday, 4 to 6 p.m. Your bones are the trees in the forest. The fall election is here. This will be the first general election without polling places. All registered voters will receive a mail-in ballot. For your vote to be counted, it must be received by the elections office no later than 7 p.m. on November 3rd. Mail early to make sure your ballot is received in time. Or, beginning October 14th, you can drop your ballot in a place of deposits. The North Kohala and Waimea police stations are the two closest drop-off sites. On October 7th, the Hawaii County Clerk will begin sending out ballots. If you've not received your ballot within a week of that time, call the elections office at 961-8277. Make sure your vote is counted. Aloha North Kohala, it's Holly Allgood here on Tutu's Talk Story. 
on KNKRLP 96.1 FM Kohala. We're here today with Eunice Kawamoto, longtime North Kohala resident and such an interesting background. If you have any questions or comments, you can call us at 884-KNKR or 884-5657. Welcome back, Eunice. So you say you were born in Kahe. Uh, How long did you live there and where did you go next? I lived there all my life and when I was about 19, 18, when I graduated high school, I went to Honolulu to the licensed practical nurse school and I lived there with a family for a year and I came back and worked at Kohala Hospital since um, I was 19 until I was 57 or so. Wow. I worked at Kohala Hospital, yeah. Did you live the same place or Uh, did you? Later on, I got married, so I lived at Puihui Ranch. Uh-huh. Then I lived at the hospital cottage for a while. Then we built a home up at Homestead. Okay, so pretty much... Just in Kohala, yeah. North Kohala. So mm-hmm. you are really a local girl. Right. Yes. <laughs> and how have you seen things change? Ah, uh, well, there's a lot of new people. We used to know everybody in Kohala. But I meet people and ask them, how long have you lived here? They say, 15 years. <laughs> and it never happened before. We knew everybody, but right. now it's really different. And there's a lot of stores now. Yes. And, um, mm-hmm. and a different kind of stores, more tourist stores than before. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, well, I miss those movie theaters you were talking about oh, before. Oh, yeah, because we didn't have um, internet or we didn't have TV in those days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we did go to the movies. <laughs> and we used to have friends at the Kahe movies. So it was our playground. We used to play hide and go seek in the movie theater. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know so many people have asked if it's possible to open a movie theater, but hasn't happened quite yet. Well, I don't think they wanted to rent it out. Yeah. 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 And now I guess all the movie theaters are closing. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, we had one nice one right in Havi also. The one the right Banyan here on tree. by the Banyan Tree. By the Banyan Tree, there mm-hmm. was a movie theater. Yeah. When did that disappear? Oh, I'm not sure, but quite some time ago. Yeah. Yeah. But the most nicest one was in Halaula. Hana by the meal. Yeah. Huh. It's still standing. I think it's kind of old. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that building is still up, but I, I, the last I saw, it was still up. Mm-hmm. 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 So tell us about your family. So you got married in your 20s? Yeah. Uh-huh. And how many children did you have? Two. Two. I have a son, Maverick, uh, who was an ag teacher at Konawaina, and he just retired, and he's doing substitute teaching now. And my daughter, Jeanette, is now the West Hawaii Superintendent Schools. Uh, she was the principal at Kola High School. And because her son wanted to come back and teach at Kohala, she decided to make the move. So my grandson now t- teaches agriculture at Kohala High School. Well, that's going full and circle. And my son doesn't have children. He has stepchildren, but he doesn't have any children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have only two grandsons. My other grandson, Dylan, uh, graduated from Cal Poly, and he's working in uh, Waimea as an architecture. Nice. Mm-hmm. So everybody's here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that must be very nice for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're quite a traveler, aren't you? Yeah, I like to travel. Mm-hmm. I like to go on cruises. 
Yes. How, uh -huh. So tell us about some of the cruises you've been on. I went two times on the Alaskan cruise and once to the Panama Can Canal cruise. That one, we went to Costa Rica, but we didn't see the real nice parts of Costa Rica. And then like Nicaragua, it was kind of a poor country and they told us, you know, to be careful. So we kind of stayed around the ship. And then I was impressed with the Mexican um, stops. They were very nice, nice beaches and all, yeah. Because mm -hmm. I only saw Tijuana, you know, and they were dirty and ugly, but the inside of Mexico is really pretty, yeah. Mm -hmm. Then uh, the latest one I went was the New England cruise, and that was fun. Um, my classmate from New York, Shigeyoshi Mobuko, picked us up uh, and took us. We stayed in uh, New Jersey, and he came every day to pick us up, took us all over New York, took us to the cruise ship, picked us up, took us around again, and then when we went to Boston, my other classmate, um, Colin Thoman and his son picked us up and took us to New Hampshire and so my niece my grandniece says, Ganti, who's gonna pick us up next? I said I ran out of classmates. <laughs> <laughs> so were these classmates from North Kohala yes, that uh -huh. then moved to the mainland the yeah. mainland? And so they were real nice to pick me up, took me all over the place. Yeah, yeah that's so that great. was a real nice trip, yeah. Yes. And every day we went um into ports, so we went out and, but our trip to Panama, we had a lot of time, we was on the sh ocean a lot of time, so we did a lot of walking and, you know, in the swimming pool and, and we, I didn't gain any weight because <laughs> <laughs> we ate only the breakfast, lunch buffet, and then we always did fine dining, so, mm -hmm. and then after that, we always took in a show. Uh-huh. So it was real nice. I like cruises. <laughs> you like the cruises, I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like you also had some friends in Alaska. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, um, in fact, we have a house in Alaska now. My friend was having real difficulty paying his mortgage. So we took over the mortgage, and then sadly, he died eight months after we did that. Uh, but it's right on the Kenai River, and... We just walked down to fish. Oh, isn't that And nice. then uh, his son can stay there till he die. You know, that was the agreement we made with the father. So the, the son lives there. Mm -hmm. And then we have a little cabin we fixed up. For, we just have to do a bathroom. But otherwise, it's a real nice place. And yeah. how did you meet these people? We went with my friends on a trip to Alaska. And we just happened to meet them um, we were, we got some clams, and the son was a game warden, and he kept, we stopped at the camping ground, and we were cleaning our clams, and he kept coming around us, and we thought we did something wrong, but I guess he knew somebody in Hawaii, so he wanted to make friends with us, so on the way back down the river, he stopped and told the mother and father to come up and see us, because we didn't know how to fish, so that's how we got to know them, yeah. Isn't that we also met an Eskimo family on the same trip at mm -hmm. the climbing Gouch, and then they invited us to go down the Yukon River with uh, them. So my friend Laura and Billy and my husband and I, 
went on a trip. We flew down to Imanak and then they picked us up to the fishing camp. And that was quite an experience because uh, we got to see how the Eskimos live. Yeah, what kind uh, of boat did you go on? It was just a small boat, you mm-hmm. know, but um, they, uh, you have to have a license, but we couldn't help them fish, you know. We could observe, but we couldn't help them. But it was quite an experience. There were a lot of mosquitoes. A lot of mosquitoes, yeah. But the fish over there is really fat because it's right by the Barents Sea. Mm. When it come up, so it was really good fishing. But um, What kind of fish? Uh, there was salmon, and one day they bought home uh, she fish, and it was really good. But now the Eskimo boys, their parents died now, so mm. uh, they're just there. But they don't work, so I don't know how to make a living, but they do. <laughs> but uh, that's how we met those two people on the same trip, and we became good friends. They yeah. came to Hawaii to visit us. Mm-hmm. And then we really saw how the Eskimos live, you know. So there also was quite an experience to take a bath in a sauna. (laughs) Yeah, so what kind of sauna did you take? Well, it just was a room, and then they heat up the fire, and, you know, you have steam, but it can get really hot, you know. Yeah, Mm yeah. It it was quite interesting. (laughs) So what else did you learn about the Eskimos that was unusual? Uh, They don't care about material things, and they kind of live from day to day. They do like the electronics, you know, but and they used to like the liquor because, you know, the winters are long and all, but now my friend Cocky, you know, he used to drink a lot, but he doesn't drink anymore. So Yeah. Interesting. And what is the food like? You know, <laughs> we went there not knowing what to expect, so we didn't buy any food at thing. When we went there, they didn't have no food at all, but they get, they bring out frozen stuff from the freezer, you know. <laughs> so the next time we went there, we learned we brought our own food. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. So they live on the land. They pick berries whenever they have berries, and they hunt. And so it's quite an experience. And coming up the Yukon River, um, we stopped. We had engine trouble, so we stopped at um, this one uh, place, and it was kind of a good experience, you know, living with them and seeing how they live and all. Very, very not like what you experience here. No, and they had one store, and like a case of soda was like $20, you know. Wow, because it was so remote. Yeah, so remote, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so as we went up the Yukon River, we saw the fishing reels. But after you get to a certain point on the Yukon River, the fish is not good. It's um, they begin to turn red, you know, but they catch them for the eggs because the Japan people like the eggs, so that's why they have the fishing bills. Uh, Are they contaminated or no? They just you know the how salmon is. They die oh, so after salmon. they go. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. They they die, so they they have the fishing wheel mostly to catch the eggs and you know so the row and then mm-hmm. um. We stayed at this one place, so when they stay, stay for dinner and you know, like us, we have a lot of food and they have a little bit 
gizzards and stuff <laughs> we're used to it, you know, that just <laughs> small amounts of food. Yeah, yeah. small amount of food, whatever yeah. they, they can get, yeah. Yeah. And as we went further up the Yukon, we slept slept on the sandbar and then we went up and by then Laura and I we were ready for a motel, so we asked this guy, Roger, is there a motel here? He said, No, there's no motel but he said, You can stay at our house so we're so happy we got to stay in house. <laughs> Uh, and then we went up and got off the ship at Tinana. Uh, so it was quite an experience. And people tell us we're very lucky to have done that because a lot of Alaskans have never done that, yes. you know, before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm. isn't that something? But the, when we went down there, the salmon was good price. So they would make like eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a night, you know. Wow. After that, Fishing. they never did too good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Fishing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we watch when they came back one night. They didn't have too many fish, but the, the fish buyers would come right out to the camp and we saw how they sell the fish and all. How do they sell the fish? But they just get, have this big tank and they pull it up and weigh it and then the, the buyers just pay them. and you know, Yeah, so on a, a set price? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that after something? that I heard they never did good in fact they don't go there anymore hmm. it cost like the gas on the outside was like 99 cents a gallon but on the Yukon River it was like two dollars a gallon so it cost like about two thousand dollars to go down to the Yukon River right <laughs> so it cost quite a bit of money to so go. it's very expensive to oh, live oh there yeah very yeah. expensive yeah but, but at the time then they're catching a lot though it didn't matter but you know mm-hmm. when they don't catch it's Mm-hmm. Isn't senseless to go down. Mm-hmm. Did you get to take any salmon home? Yeah, we always took a lot of salmon home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you get it home? Uh, it, we freeze it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and another time we went to the Eskimos. This time we went to just out of Anchorage. And we camped there. Um, it was was kind of fun. I mean, we they collect eggs and all uh, from the seagulls. Eggs from the seagulls. Yeah, one day the seagulls were so angry with us. The mother came flying around the camp just circling and let us know she was angry. They eat the seagull eggs? Mm-hmm. Huh. Like a a regular chicken egg or how did they cook them? Yeah, like a chicken egg, yeah. Mm -hmm. How large are they? Fun. I've never seen a seagull egg. How large are they? Oh, they're a little smaller than uh, a chicken egg. Smaller than a chicken egg, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we were on one island, and Harold, the uh, father, said, we got to move. The wind changed. So we moved. I don't know why we moved, but we moved. So we, got, we went to a place worse, and we didn't have a tent, so we got all blisters on our mouth. And oh, all. no. And then we left Agnes on the other island, and they couldn't go get her because the tides was low. So we, they had to wait until the tide got up to go rescue her. So oh it was gosh. quite an experience, yeah. Yeah, it sounds a little dangerous. Yeah. Now, you did you run into any bears? Um, we did see bears, yeah. But never felt like you were not, in danger? Not on the Yukon River. I was kind of disappointed. I thought I'd see a lot of animals going down or up the Yukon River, but we didn't see any, any at all. Now, but you've always had a lot of animals, at least since I've known you. Have, have you had animals all your life? 
Um, not I didn't have animals, but Masa loved animals. Masa we, right animals. now we have a lot, of, a lot of donkeys, the calico donkeys. Yeah, donkeys. Mm-hmm. Did you? S- so how many donkeys do you have? Right now we have nine. Nine donkeys. And I think oh my two goodness. is pregnant, and then we have a lot of sheep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you do with the donkeys? Are they pets? Uh, yeah, they're pets. My mm-hmm. son sells the babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do people ever use the donkeys for work work purposes? Uh, um, I guess they do, but we've never done You've them. Never but done they're it. easier to train to ride. They're the donkeys are? Yeah, not like mm-hmm. horse. They're easier to train, yeah. Mm-hmm. But these are just pets, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How long have you had donkeys? Oh, for many, many years. Many years. Yeah, many yeah. years, yeah. Mm-hmm. We bought a s- calico stud from Honolulu. Huh. And then we bred it with the wild you know, uh, donkeys. And uh-huh. Sometimes we'll have calico donkeys. We can have a calico mother and father, but sometimes they come out brown. Uh-huh. So you never know what you get, yeah. So calico is like a cat? Is it three colors? Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Right now we had two calico, but one died because somebody, something bitter on the neck, I think. We oh tried no. to save her for a long time, but we had to put her down because she couldn't stand, yeah. Mm. But right now we have a beautiful calico donkey, and we have a brown one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What other kinds of animals have you had? Well, we had chickens and everything, but now we just have donkey. Right. Mm-hmm. And I used to remember there were turtles by the meat market, yeah. weren't there? <laughs> yeah, we don't have any turtles no more. No yeah. turtles, no. no. Good. Muscle likes to keep all those things, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, he sounds like he was good at it. They always looked like they were thriving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So how many years did you have the meat market? So that must have been close to 50 years. Not quite, I years? think. Maybe, we, I think we started the late. Probably about 25 years or so. 25 yeah. years, yeah. And then I know you're famous for your pickled peaches. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the pickled peaches. Uh, well, um, I have about maybe 10. Uh, the hardest thing is to pick them because you get kind of itch because, uh, you know, the fuzz and the tinkle. You have to pick it and wash it and then uh, preserve it. Uh. And I, I don't... So they're not known. Hawaii isn't known for peaches. How did you get the oh, idea? Oh, it's just a common peaches, common Hawaiian peaches. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. And this year um, has been good because we didn't seem to have a lot of fruit flies. Huh. Because if they come out late, I'd have trouble with the fruit flies. But this year, I had no trouble at all. Yeah. Did mm-hmm. you grow peaches when you were younger? No. No. Mm-hmm. It's really something you started doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they grow at every elevation or just? I think so, yeah. Oh, really? Even my sister has them, yeah. But huh. she has more problems with um, fruit flies. Mm-hmm. And will they, I know when you pickle them, they, you don't get them quite ripe. Will they ripen here in Hawaii? Uh, no. no. Uh, oh, they ripen, yeah. And they're pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they'll get soft? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, now this year I could do that, you know, because mm-hmm. there were no fruit flies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of them did ripen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. So you can eat them right, but they're they're a more fuzzy peach. They're, yeah, well, we wash it, you know, so the fuzz gets off. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. but they're pretty good. Yeah. Any mm. any other specialties that you have? 
Not really. <laughs> well, I know. I used to love your magnets. You oh. always had the best magnets. Well, you know, we did um, this bug. Or this is the, I'm, I'm losing two trees now. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, and then I lost one that down Havi, so. Mm -hmm. And they're not, maybe I don't fertilize. They're not bearing a whole lot now. Yeah, my mm -hmm. sister's been giving me some, but uh, mm -hmm. my trees haven't been. And then I have problem with the pigs. If the I pigs don't get it, eat you, right. uh, yeah, they, they eat all the nuts, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about how you process the magnets? Yeah, I, I dry it. So mm -hmm. if they are green on the ground. I, I have a dryer. I dry it for a couple of weeks. So those need to go in a dryer? Like, I'm just wondering for people who have a magnet and they have no idea how to, a magnet tree oh. and have no idea what to do. I have a dryer, um, just a plain box with wire. Mm -hmm. And I dry it for a couple of weeks. And I test it. I go and crack some if they uh, separate from the shell. Mm -hmm. And then I have a... Dr. Evlett, the old doctor here yes. before, mm -hmm. he gave me uh, a husker. So mm -hmm. I throw it to the husker. Mm -hmm. Then I have an automatic uh, nutcracker. Mm -hmm. but It cracks the nut, but you got to, you know, take S all the shells off. Yeah. So is the husker th that takes off the outside part? Yeah, the and outside part. Yeah. Then I throw it in the nutcracker, yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you pick them green or do they need they to pick turn them green? Brown? And what I did yesterday was... Uh, because I have trouble with the pigs, I was picking it off the tree green. And you can always tell when they're ready, they come off real easy. So I figure I'm going to fool the pigs and pick them before they fall. So Yeah, get them before the pigs yeah. get them. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. so I have a lot of problems with the pigs eating it, yeah. I think everybody's having pig problems right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So pick them, dry them. Can you, do you think break people who don't have a dryer, can you do it in the oven? Yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with the oven but I've heard people that do it yeah yeah mm -hmm. so maybe dry then out the shell yeah and then I some people like to do that and you know dry it all but I crack my nuts clean it and I have a dehydrator mm. and I put it in for about two days or so so you dehydrate them after you after take the pieces yeah. out mm -hmm. what are they, can you eat them raw or not really? you can eat them raw yeah some people yeah. like it to eat mm -hmm. them raw mm -hmm. but they get more crispy, dehydrated? Yeah, mm -hmm. and I guess you can't keep the raw ones, yeah. Oh, they don't they Yeah, don't because last I can long. dehydrate my nuts, and uh, I just made some cookies with last year nuts, so you can freeze them pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you for that advice. <laughs> I know a lot of people say, uh, I, you know, I'm showing properties to people, and they pick up mac nuts off the ground, and they have no idea what to do with them. Oh, so, it's, yeah. it's hard work. I mean, it's a yes, lot of work. It is a hard lot of work. work. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I'd plant those macadamia nuts for my retirement, but I, it's not no job for retired people. It's it's yeah. a lot of hard work because you have to pick them up. And, and you know, when you're old, it's hard to pick up. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've seen just recently. People have these things. Have you seen it? It's like a basket. Looks oh, like I a hamster. Ha I have week. that. Do you yeah. have that where they but roll it? It's easier it to get a rubbish um, thing. Uh, and just with a small rake, just, you know, just put it in the rubbish thing and dump it in, yeah. Easier with easier, the yeah. Uh, to rake them. Yeah, to oh, rake them up. Funny? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I'd rake them all up in one pile and sit there. Oh, I have that hand picker, you know, that mm -hmm. Yeah. But my son did give me one of the rollers things, yeah. yeah. And, th and that you just roll and they're mm -hmm. supposed to go in the but cage. But it's kind of hot because you get a lot of rubbish in, yeah. You get a lot of rubbish yeah. in the cage, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you certainly grow a lot of things, peaches and mac nuts mm-hmm. and protea and then all kinds of flowers. And I've yeah. watched you over the years. I see your property. Every year there's more flowers <laughs> on that hill. Yeah. Yeah. I like I say, I like common flowers there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw these sandpaper vine, uh, they bloom very profusely sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they bloom, but not as much. But once, once a year or two, they, they're, they're all flowers. And yeah, right I'm not now familiar with that. So that is that something you can put in arrangements, or it's really for landscape? I'm not sure about the arrangements, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but uh, I just liked it. But I planted on the other side. Now I see they're blooming, so now it's mm-hmm. pretty nice, yeah. Yes, I've noticed in the last... Five years, your whole hill <laughs> is more and more colorful, just yeah. full of flowers. Mm-hmm. I like to, I think I'm going to put some begonias because they don't, you don't have to replant them all the time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I'm waiting for the rain to come. Yeah, I think I we're all I was disappointed. It, they said we're going to have rain and we had very little. I know, it was raining everywhere other than here yesterday. I know. Some rain, but it was very little. Yeah, well, and I'm you. seeing a lot of people, even I, I was looking at one of the properties that I manage, and the fruit tree, the fruit trees are really... Even my Cheryl avocados, they're so tiny. They're tiny. Yeah. yeah. So uh, are you supplementing the water when it's this <laughs> kind of hot weather? No? No. Not, not the fruit trees, no. Yeah. They just yeah. have to survive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember we had friends in Arizona, and when we were, we were thinking about moving to Arizona or thinking about moving to Hawaii... And they were telling us if they didn't water the fruit trees, that the fruit became just like dried fruit right on the trees yeah. <laughs> if you it's don't real water. It's dry, yeah. Yeah, it's very dry there. But it's pretty costly to water everything, yeah. Yes. So I just water and just hope for the rain, and I'm glad when it rains because I feel everything gets watered. <laughs> yes. I know. Well, we're due, aren't we? This is the time of year where the water starts to come. Um, usually the hottest months is um, always been September, October. Yeah. It's our hottest, driest month. Yeah. yeah. So probably it's around November, the rains will probably start coming. Yeah. yeah. We're all anxious for but the I rain. But I heard that it's going to be a wet year. Yeah. Coming on. Mm. Now, how did and you Potatoes hear that? don't like wet, you know. They don't. The, they, when the year when it was so wet, I lost about a dozen trees. They, they don't like to get their feet wet all the time yeah do they get like a fungus they, or they, they just dry up they dry up yeah, and yeah. You, you can see them turning brown and pretty so yeah. i lost 12 big trees oh <laughs> my gosh well i know thanks to you i planted a bunch of protea up are by they Mal- blooming uh, profusely i oh. don't live there anymore my greatest regret of leaving that house is the proteas oh yeah because they just they just did so well and look so beautiful. Yeah, they do well up there. They do okay down here. You can plant them. You think so? But um, they don't get as bushy and they mm-hmm. don't get as m- much fl- blossoms. Yeah. Yeah. I've been hesitant to plant them down where we are because it's, I mean, it's like 220 there. So uh, it's it's very low and... I don't think they'll do too well. No, I don't think they'll no. do too well. We, we do have problems. Because my sister's a little bit above you, but mm-hmm. she has, but... Her, her trees never get bushy like mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about sun? Do they like sun? Yeah, mm-hmm. they like sun. Mm-hmm. They don't like much water or they don't like fertilizer than much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you fertilize, they might not give you as much blossoms, I think. Mm-hmm. So I don't fertilize them at all. Yeah. 
So you have any trips planned for the future? Well, we did. We were going to bring Marcel to San Diego because he loves to go riding. Oh. So we had to cancel. We were supposed to go in March, but, mm. you know, we didn't think it was safe, so we canceled our trip, so we didn't go to San Diego. And you were going to go riding, horseback riding? No. No. N- not a little bit when I was using Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He nice. was in rodeo, so. Oh. Yeah. He was in rodeos? Yeah, he was in rodeo, Oh, yeah. what did he do? He rope, rope? Calf, calf roping and all. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? Yeah. Did he get hurt? That's uh, always no. looks so dangerous to me. Uh, one time the horse kicked him in his, uh, in his eye, you know. And so we were going to the doctor. In fact, we were going to Dr. Ng in Honolulu. And yeah. Uh, we went to him when he was just starting his med, uh, career, and now he's like my age in the 80s, but he's still practicing. Yeah. So I just got a letter from him. He heard Masla died, so he said, you know, him he missed us, and he always looked forward to our visits to see Aww. him. So I'm going to see him one more time, uh, then I'm going to transfer uh, up here, but I had to go see him one last time. To yeah, how nice. Mm-hmm. So you get to go to Honolulu. I used to go every six months because uh, the doctor wanted to see him every six months, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if there's anything else about North Kohala that's been important to you that you want to share. Mm-hmm. I have to say you've been one of the people that has more aloha than uh, almost anybody I've met. I know when we were new in town the d- over a decade ago, you would invite us to big family meals mm-hmm. and we were very appreciative. You showed us how to make an emu and yeah. and take all the food out of it. And well, Mosley used to yeah. like to do that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. I'd like to talk about his um, when he was in his army. Yes. He was a mess sergeant and they went to Camp Shelby in Mississippi. And he knew that his the team um, his fellow men wanted rice. They weren't used to potatoes, so he used to go to the Howley uh, uh, people and exchange rice for um, uh, put, uh, give them the potatoes, and he gets rice. <laughs> so when he went to Europe, you know, in Italy, he dried the coffee. And he'd sell it to the Italians, and then he'd buy fish. He'd buy 200 fish, clean them all, and fry it for his men. So the men really, really liked him because, you know, they had food that they were familiar. They liked rice ball, you know. So he would make rice ball and fried fish and go up the Alps, you know, take it to their foxholes. And, and then one time in Italy, he shot an ox. <laughs> he got into trouble for that, but... Anyway, the guys say, wow, they got steak in the sandwich, you know. They chewed it. It was so hard, but as he chewed it, he said, you know, the flavor came out. And he used to do all kind of little stuff. So when we used to go to the reunions, they used to always recognize him, you know, because they really appreciated what they did. he did for them. Yes. Because, you know, they were in the foxhole, and he would make extra things for them. Mm-hmm. And he knew that local people missed the rice and also. Oh, well, isn't that lovely? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and wasn't he recognized also? He uh, had. Um, for his military career. Yeah, he had a um, purple heart. He got into shrapnel and then he got 
the Congressional Gold Medal. And then we're still waiting. He's supposed to get the, uh, the Napoleon um, Award from Italy. Huh. Uh, but it hasn't come yet. It takes a while yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they said that as long as you apply, even if you die, you'll get it so long you put your application in. So mm-hmm. we haven't heard that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, maybe uh, you'll get it. I'm not sure. And wasn't he recognized over in Honolulu? At the um, War Memorial? Oh. The Arizona? The Arizona. Yeah. Oh, they just uh, invited all the veterans, and then President Obama's there, so he shook hands with President Obama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so he lived quite a, a full life. It sounds like he got to see the world through the war, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and was very well known for his cooking. So both of you have been feeding, <laughs> feeding the masses, huh? <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. and still now uh, you're using your freezer to uh-huh. keep food for the CARES program. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Do you know actually? Do you know anything about that in terms of if people want to donate food, how to do uh, that? I, I'm not sure. They okay. just they just use a facility to pack the food and to use the freezer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess people donate quite a bit, and they do buy a lot of stuff yeah. from the farmers and ranchers, and mm-hmm. so the freezer is quite full. Yeah. Your freezer's quite yeah. filled that uh-huh. you're, lo- you're uh-huh. using for them. Uh-huh. Well, I want to say thank you so much for all you do in North Kohala, and thank you for being our guest today. You were a terrific guest, and it's so interesting to hear about, you know, all your different goings-on with the meat market and masa being a paniolo and all the delicious food you make and the beautiful flowers you bring. Mm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. This is Holly Allgood. You've been listening to Tutu's Talk Story here on KNKRLP 96.1 FM Kohala. Our very special guest today was Eunice Kawamoto, and we'll see you all next week. Aloha. Aloha. This is Isla. And Mikkel Anna. And we would love to invite you to join us for Activated Intuitive Talk Story. Yes. Join us the first Wednesdays of each month from 3 to 4 p.m. Tune in locally at 96.1 FM or live stream from anywhere at knkr.org. And Isla, where would people go if they'd like to tune in to previous shows? I'm so glad you asked because they are located on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts under Intuitive Talk Story. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And we look forward to igniting with you soon. The following is a community advisory from the Hawaii Department of Health. To help keep our island and Ohana safe, if you feel sick with cold or flu-like symptoms, the Department of Health recommends stay home from work or school, avoid contact with others, seek medical care with your doctor or health care clinic. Before you go to the doctor's office or clinic, Call ahead to tell them of your symptoms. For more information regarding coronavirus, Hawaii County has a call center open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily at 935-0031 or on the web at www.cdc.gov.